Hi guys. Hey Elon, guess what? What? I have some dad jokes for you. Oh god. <laughs> How do you get the baby alien to sleep? How? You rock it. <laughs> <laughs> what did the alien say to the measuring cup? What? Take me to your liter. Oh, oh, good <laughs> lord. What did the astronaut cook in his skillet? What? Unidentified frying objects. Oh my god. <laughs> I feel like this is one of those times, like, if you had sent that to me in a message, I would just send back that gif of, bitch, the door. <laughs> You're welcome. You know you love my gooniness. I do. I get, It makes my day. So, guys, in case you haven't noticed, we are... Talking about aliens today. Mm-hmm. That's our theme today. Elon was captivated by the Area 51 nonsense that oh happened my God. last month. And we both agreed that in honor of the one dude that is now a famous meme. Yeah. We should devote our episode to topics of an extraterrestrial nature. Absolutely. Into it. Me too. <laughs> All right. So while we're on the subject of aliens and the extraterrestrial, did you have a particular show that you preferred when you were a kid that talked about aliens? Oh my gosh. Um, well, you know, as we've talked about a lot, um, Unsolved Mysteries mm-hmm. was like, my favorite oh yeah definitely and they they talked about aliens yes pretty frequently Mm -hmm. i think that's what gave me like my deep fear of being abducted was watching robert stack talk about alien abduction see while you were afraid of being abducted i wanted to be abducted (laughs) i wanted to take me with you i'm like i I volunteer as tribute (laughs) i want to know what the fuck is going on up there right let's do this like here's my phone number right so mine, I really liked, well, obviously the X-Files because David Duchovny oh. was a babe. So oh my God. Sean is admittedly afraid of aliens. Right. And he said that when he was small, the theme song of the X-Files was like nightmare inducing oh. for him. Sean, that's terrible. I'm sorry. Um, oh, it's fine. He doesn't <laughs> listen to this anyway. He doesn't care. Oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. I kind of have to twist t- Tony's arm to go, hey, like, we have an episode up. Go, But they, they hear us talk about this 24-7. They I live with I us. I think he just, like, tunes it out. Yeah. It's fine. Because this is just us and our nonsense. Right. Like, <laughs> I mean, I'm guessing if we ever get podcast famous, maybe then they are. Uh, they were obligated to at least follow us on Facebook and subscribe to our podcast. I don't think Sean. No? I don't think Oh, so. man. I think he follows us on Facebook. Yes, he I does. Because he, he was why I was like, look, Sean did. You have to, too. See, to Tony. Get it, so, Tony. Yeah. Get on it. <laughs> so, like we've talked about before, we were 90s kids growing up in the heyday of X-Files, Outer Limits, Unsolved Mysteries. <gasps> Roswell. Oh, I forgot about that I show. I loved that show. Oh, man. With the hot aliens. Yes. Oh, man. I completely forgot. I'm not, now I'm going to have to watch it. I think, yeah, I think it's, it's on, on Netflix or Hulu. Hulu, I thought. Maybe. I got an email about it. Like, oh, my gosh. We need to rewatch that. We should. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, how could we not have an obsession with all things extraterrestrial? Seriously. Hey, any hot aliens? <laughs> I'm looking for a hot alien boyfriend. <laughs> Sorry, Sean. <laughs> so, as I'm perusing the uh, headlines, imagine my delight when the U.S. Navy confirmed that UFOs exist. Oh my gosh, I was so nerdy excited. Oh yeah. When I saw this article that was making the rounds. Yes, I freaked out. I was like, oh my God, they, they, they told us something. Like, yeah. something came out. Um, so, but the only thing instead, they are calling them UAPs, which are unidentified aerial phenomena. Which will always be a UFO in my heart. Absolutely. They've changed the name basically to get away from the whole like little green men idea that's long associated with the phrase UFO. I mean, I get that. Yeah. But it's probably just a diversionary tactic because there probably are little green men. Oh, I am positive. (laughs) So there were three videos that were taken by Navy pilots of F-18 aircrafts that were published by the New York Times in 2017. The videos the pilots took show spinning objects high in the sky over the East Coast. So the pilots reported the objects to their superiors, noting that there there were no visible engines or exhaust plumes. So the things that would make, that would be hallmarks of the aircrafts that we are aware of and that we know exist, don't exist on these. Um, They could reach 30,000 feet and hypersonic speeds. Man. Yeah. So the pilots reported seeing these aircrafts almost daily between summer 2014 and March 2015. In late 2014, one of the pilots even had a near collision with one of the objects and an official report was filed. Uh, It's called a near miss report. Right. You can't really ignore it when shit like that starts happening. Exactly. So the article the New York Times published in 2017 contained two of those videos. The article's actual focus was on the Pentagon's secret UFO investigatory project, which is called the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program, ATIP. All three of the videos were published on the To the Stars Academy of Arts and Sciences website, which is a UFO research group founded by Tom from Blink-182, weirdly enough. Okay. Yeah. So I used to love Blink-182. Me too. So much. And now I just feel like I'm going to love them even more. Exactly. And Tom was my favorite. So I love it. So of the videos, Joseph Gratisher, who is the Navy's like elected spokesperson, said those three videos are just part of a larger effort by the U.S. Navy to try and investigate a series of incursions into our training ranges by phenomena that we're calling unidentified aerial phenomena. Gratisher declined to say how many sightings there have actually been, so that leads me to believe there were a ton more that we just don't know about. He says, our aviators train as they fight, so when they're out there training, there's an incursion by any kind of aerial vehicle phenomena, whatever. It puts the safety of our aviators at risk as well as the security of our training operations. So the Navy isn't saying the UAPs are proof that aliens exist, but the fact that they can't determine exactly what they are is what makes them a national security concern. So as the UAPs aren't authorized to operate within U.S. airspace, and we all know how secure U.S. airspace has to be, uh, the Navy wants to figure out what these are and quickly. 
There were a series of briefings that took place and the reporting process was standardized to allow for faster reporting of the aircraft. So they're no longer searching for who do I need to talk to about this? Who do I notify? They have an actual um, chain of command. Hmm. So Nick Pope, he was previously a director of the UK's UFO defense program, believes that there are four possible explanations for the more recent UAP activity. One, errors in pilot or computer perception. No. Exactly. I saw these videos. Nope. Yep. Two, a secret project being blind tested without the Navy's knowledge. Uh, no, because if there's a secret project that is that advanced, they are not going to be testing it in areas where there are going to be people just flying around almost That's down. what I'm saying. Three, a foreign government's aircraft or four, something completely unknown. So a foreign government aircraft, no, because I can't we, imagine that. we do so much monitoring of mm-hmm. other people in other airspaces. Like, there's no way this is going to happen, surprise us the way that it did, and not be, like, in the news. Exactly. You know? So I'm leaning more towards this is, I don't think that this is a, that they're seeing things or the computer's misreading things. No, it's aliens. <laughs> I think possibly a secret project being tested without the Navy knowing. I don't think so. If they're no? going to do that, I think they're going to do it in such a remote area. So they wouldn't. We're not going to accidentally almost run into these planes. That's true. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if you're spending the kind of budget that I imagine a secret project like that would entail, right. you're not going to risk it by almost crashing into the Navy. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to take it to fucking Antarctica or some shit. This test. is true. So, not a foreign government's aircraft, but a foreign aircraft. Uh, yes, I believe mm-hmm. it's very foreign. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, this is what um, Nick Pope, his, his quote on this. What I think the, Nas- the Navy's recent statement does is it probably takes off the table the first of those explanations. Yep. I think the clear perception is the Navy thinks we're dealing with something real and tangible here. So not misidentifications, misperceptions, glitches, or such. I 100% agree with you, Mr. Pope. Mm-hmm. So the man that is the expert who has worked in UFO defense most of his career, um, he's saying that it's basically UFOs. I'm with him on I'm this. I'm with you, Mr. Pope. Yeah. I think it's, I, I think it's definitely a possibility. Um, especially given the fact that there was the hallmarks of what modern aircraft have to have for the most part is not there. There's no exhaust. Mm-hmm. Hypersonic speed mm-hmm. and 30,000 feet? I don't know. I, the same Yeah, it's something. It's little green man. <laughs> so yeah, that was my quickie about um, the, the UFOs that... Quickies with you are always the best. (laughs) (laughs) That they just finally let us know it actually exists. And um, yeah. So what you got for me, girl? So I'm just going to get in my weird as fuck mood right now. Oh my God. I wish you guys could see these shades that our beloved Casey has on. They are bright red heart shaped shades. It's like a little bit of Kurt Cobain. I dig it. 
alien loving going and, on. And also the stripy shirt. I am getting major Cobain vibes Giant right now. cardigan. Yeah. yeah, I'm rocking out. Major <laughs> Cobain vibes. I've been into him lately. So I, I, not, I believe it. It's not surprising. <laughs> I mean, when have I not been into him since there like go. 1992? I've been on a Morrison kick lately. So yeah, yeah, I like I it. I mean, okay. The kids are not familiar with the doors. And Post Malone. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm having a very strange identity crisis week. That's all right. I digress. <laughs> so, um, Russia. Yeah. I love Russia. Oh, absolutely. Um, it started as a bizarre curiosity when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. So, I think it was my senior year, mm-hmm. 1999-2000. Uh, we had a Russian foreign exchange student Ooh. named Max. Who probably wasn't the best example of Russia because he, well, maybe he was, I don't know. Um, like, he was super anti feminism, like, women belong in the kitchen. Well, yeah. You know, which I think is somewhat of a common attitude over there, unfortunately. Yeah, I could see that. But I still love Russia. Like, he taught me some things about Russia that I found very fascinating, mm-hmm. um, mainly that they are weird as hell, <laughs> <laughs> their history is insane. And it's basically like Florida, but on a much larger scale. Oh, yeah. Um, and colder. <laughs> so um, the reason that I'm talking about Russia right now is because the story I'm going to tell you hails from Russia. Oh, yeah. So we're going to talk today about Boriska Kiprianovich. Um, he is a self-described Russian indigo child. Oh. So I know this is right up your alley. Yes, it is. Um, you can thank me later. <laughs> but so according to a bunch of new age hippies that I know, mm-hmm. um, who they smell like patchouli and they are kind of just people of the universe. I feel personally attacked. <laughs> <laughs> um, according to these friends of mine, they, indigo children are children that are special in some way or another. And many are have some of the commonly listed characteristics that follow. Um, Many are empathetic, curious, and strong-willed. They are often perceived by friends and family as being strange. (laughs) They possess a clear sense of self-definition and purpose. They show strong, innate, subconscious spirituality from an early age, Mm -hmm. which does not necessarily imply a direct interest in spiritual or religious areas but they just kind of like it's in them like they're not necessarily interested in it it's just who they are right um they also have very strong feelings of entitlement or that they deserve to be here on earth um and some other traits include high intelligence inherit intuitive abilities and resistance to rigid control-based paradigms of authority, which, I mean, that's basically me right there, those last three. <laughs> Maybe I'm an indigo. Oh, boy. Alien child. If, honestly, I wouldn't be shocked. <laughs> Not entirely. Uh, if I came from the aliens, I would love that. You go, eh, that makes sense. <laughs> 
I do believe very wholeheartedly in the theory that people with blue eyes descend from aliens. Okay. I don't know if you've ever heard that. But... I have not. Oh. But I can see it. I'm going to email you some links. Yeah, I, I, I'm interested. I want to see this one. Maybe, or maybe we could do an episode on it. But okay, so back to Bariska. Right. So on January 11th, 1996, Bariska Kiprianovich was born to his mother, Nadezda, and what was his dad's name? I don't remember what his dad's name was. So sorry about that, guys. Um, so Bariska's mother was a dermatologist in a public clinic, and she had graduated from a Volgograd Medical Institute in 1991. Um, Bariska's dad was a retired officer, um, and almost immediately his parents kind of knew there was something incredibly special about him. She reported that he was able to fully support his own head at two weeks old, and started speaking around two months old. Holy cow. And by 18 months, he could allegedly read, draw, and paint. And not like just a little dabbling, like he was good at it. Mm-hmm. So he started kindergarten around age two, and his teachers were all blown away by his super advanced reading, writing, and memory skills. Like on a slightly freakish scale, <laughs> this kid was like, Crazy smart. Crazy smart. (laughs) So um, at a very young age, Bariska started expressing a deep-seated fascination with all things related to outer space. Mm -hmm. His parents claimed that they never bothered teaching him anything about space because he seemingly already knew it all. So why are you going to teach a kid something he already knows, right? Right. So his favorite topics to chatter about were multiple planetary systems, Mars, and aliens. I mean, like most small children I know, just educate you about Mars. As they are wont to do. Um, In a couple of articles that I read, they talked about how this kid has actually puzzled scientists with his intelligence and the things that he is saying. Mm -hmm. So this isn't like just some freak of nature who is like spewing some nonsensical bullshit. Like there are actual scientists who have tried to study this kid Mm -hmm. that are like blown away by the shit he is saying. Wow. So um, he's now a grown-ass 21-year-old man who still claims to be from the Red Planet. Okay. Specifically, he states that he is he hails from the Lemurian civilization that existed around 700,000 years ago. <laughs> um, he claims that his particular race of Martians was nearly decimated thousands of years ago in some sort of nuclear conflict. He has been very outspoken about his fears that we as humans are headed down the exact same path. He asserts that himself, as well as other indigo alien children, have been sent here to save us from ourselves. Interesting. All right, isn't it? I do kind of like that idea, though. Yeah, I mean, it's fascinating. It is. I'm if nothing it. else, it's fascinating. Yeah. So here's some weird shit that Bariska says is true. He claims that many Martians are immortal and that they stop aging around the age of 35. Hmm. They are very tall and technologically advanced and capable of interstellar travel. Okay. He claims that round spaceships are for time travel and triangular spaceships are for observing human life. Which is kind of that, an interesting concept. I like that. Um... 
Mars allegedly still has alien inhabitants, but they were forced underground after their near annihilation, which is why we have never discovered evidence of their existence. Hmm. He says that, quote, people like us still live there. There was a nuclear war between them. Everything burned down. Only some of them survived. They built shelters and created new weapons, end quote. Which kind of gives me, like, a almost, like, Hunger Games vibe. Yeah. Like, you know, the resistance went underground. Or that, um, oh, God, what is the story with the the kids that live underground and they're green or blue? Um, it was in Europe. Oh, crap, I forgot what they're called. Anyway, they came, they ended up lost, came to the surface, supposedly, and were telling us about how there had been a war underground and they were refugees and told us about what I they're... literally have no idea what you're talking okay, about. Okay, I'll have to find I'll But have to I find want it. you to tell me more. Yeah. There's an article or something I yeah. read about years and years cool. ago. I'll find it. Super cool. <laughs> so um, he claims that he visited Earth while he was working as a pilot on Mars mm-hmm. and that Martians had a very close relationship with ancient Egyptians. Which I know you will love because you love Egypt. I do. Um, Allegedly, the Great Pyramid of Giza hides a lot of Martian secrets. Oh, yes. And the Sphinx allegedly can be opened by some sort of gadget behind its ear. (laughs) And he claims that when it finally gets opened, human life will change forever. And so... Strangely, mm-hmm. about 10 years after he made this claim, some scientists somewhere did a deep sensory scan of the Sphinx that revealed that there is, as a matter of fact, something odd behind the ear. Oh, dun, dun, dun. holy cow. Yeah. So yes, please. let's figure out how to open that. Shit. Take us with you. <laughs> Maybe I will get probed. <laughs> um, Bucket list check. Yes. Speaking of being probed, side note, mm-hmm. gross side note. Oh boy. Um, did you know that there are, I mean, I know you probably know this. There are people who have um, sexual alien fetishes. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. they've created devices where you can have um, alien eggs inserted yep, into Yep, ovipositors. Yes. Yep. And it's like, a, <laughs> there's a very strong community mm-hmm. on the interweb that participates in this activity. So if you are looking for something creepy to learn about, go Oh, yeah, ahead. feel free to... Please Google this. But, say, but, but go incognito with it, because you do not want this in your search history. Oh, it's in my search history. Oh, well, oh we're different. Bigly. Yeah, we're on, a, we're on a whole... we we got to be on the watch list by now. I hope so. <laughs> if, the FBI, if the FBI is actually doing their jobs, we are on a watch list. FBI, let us know. Are we on your watch list? Because I would honestly be excited. Um, so yes. So if you are looking for something to research, please go get you an alien ovipositor and let me know how that feels for you. I need to know. I might have some links I can hand over to you. Listen, I know where to buy them. I don't really want to buy one because I think that um, my husband might draw the line there. Oh, yeah. I think that, that might be his. That, that's where he puts his foot down. I don't think he wants me to put alien egg babies in him, which is very disappointing. <laughs> but that's another But they're, another ge- they're gelatin-based, so they're I safe. Know. I bet they... You could probably make them flavored in everything. You could. I bet you could, but I feel like that would lead to like a weird infection. Yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> but it'd be fun to like serve them for Easter. Oh my God, yes! Like in oh. the ovipositor. Can we please do that for our next? That's gonna Easter? be our Easter egg hunt. Can this we do? Year? <laughs> can we do ovipositor <laughs> Jello shots? Oh my God! Oh yes. Because we have the kids' Easter hunt, and then we have ours. Yes. Yeah, so we started a new tradition this last year, um, the beer bunny, and we're gonna take it to a new creepy level, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good times will be had by all, okay. especially Allison, because she would get a kick out of that. Yeah, Allison, shout out for being a <laughs> weird bitch like you are. <laughs> okay, I'm going to get back to this now. So according to Bariska, <laughs> um, people on Mars stand over two meters tall, and wow. they stop aging at 35, like I said, mm-hmm. and they breathe carbon dioxide. So when they come to Earth... They have these special little stick-like devices that they breathe with instead of oxygen. Hmm. Right. I'm thinking of like the old-timey cartoons where they go in the water and they've got like a reed as a snorkel. Yeah, kind of like that, but with carbon dioxide. Interesting. (laughs) So yeah, that is my story of alien indigo child Bariska Kiprianovic. Hmm. I kind of like it. I'm into it. I like it too. I think, you know, that I would love to hear from him again. Um, but according to what I could read, like mm-hmm. he has gone into hiding of some sort. Okay. So, oh, did you find about those kids? I did. All right. So tell us about the green children. Okay. We, we need to know. So these are the green children of Woolpit in uh, Suffolk, Suffolk, England. Of course it's in England. I know, but it was some point in like the 12th century. Um, basically, they were a brother and a sister that were green. They looked completely normal except for their skin. They spoke in an unknown language and would only eat raw beans. <laughs> so let me see if I can find it. So there we go. The, so after the kids were discovered, someone took them in. And the kids eventually adapted to our food on the surface world here and lost their green color. That is disappointing. Isn't it? So then um, after they learned to speak English, I think the, the boy died soon after the girl lived. Anyway, um, they explained they came from a land where the sun never shone. The light was like twilight. They called their home St. Martin's Land. Uh, Ralph adds that everything there was green, and they were unable to account for their arrival in Woolpit. They had been herding their father's cattle when they heard a loud noise, which, according to uh, William and Newberg, was the bells of Barry St. Edmunds, and suddenly found themselves by the wolf pit where they were found. Huh. So they, followed, they became lost when they followed the cattle into a cave, and then the bells are what drew them out. Whoa. And they emerged, They eventually emerged on the surface here with us. Crazy. Um, but the, the girl actually worked as a servant when she was older and was known to be very wanton and impudent. So she was not having it. <laughs> but yeah. Were so, they feral? It I doesn't wonder. sound like it, but maybe a little. Huh. This, I just remember this popping up in a book I read as a kid, and then it came up later as a part of an article I read a long time ago. But yeah. I love it. it I, I love the idea of these kids. I wonder if it could be explained away by science. So like in Hillbillyville, somewhere like Virginia Hills or something, 
there was this family of people who were so inbred that their skin oh, was the blue. Oh, the blue fugates. Yes. Yeah. So I wonder if maybe it's like something like That's that. That's what I thought. It was like something they, they're either super inbred or like something they ate Oh, yeah. Because like if I give Lila carrots like two days in a row, she turns orange. Yes. Like that. Hmm. That was that kind of happened to a friend of mine's mom. She went on this like juice cleanse when we were kids, and it was just mostly carrots. And oh yeah, yeah she turned orange. Her eye, like it was like her eyes and her um, God, what's it called? Like the lining of your eyes. I can't think like of the, the word. Like the sclera, is it? No, like the actual skin around oh. your eyes. It had all turned orange. I love it because it was so because that's where your skin is thinnest. Maybe yeah, yeah. But it was super orange and creepy, and it was amazing. Yeah. Like. Lila was like orange, like oh pumpkin. It was cute. She's so cute to be. Once with. we realized that it Once, wasn't, like, yeah, a nobody problem. freaks out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yes, I I am into this. Like the idea. One, I love indigo. I love indigo children's stories because yeah. that's just really cool. To we me. could do like a whole series of indigo stories. Them and uh, oh god, what's um and then black eyed children. <gasps> the black eyed kids. Yeah. Are so scary. Those kids are creepy to begin with. And, um... They say creepy stuff. The men in black also freak me out. Yes. Like, all of... Oh, absolutely. I'm into this. Like, this... I think this could itself be, like, three different episodes. I'm not gonna lie. It probably will be eventually. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But, yeah. This is a fun one. I dig it. The truth is out there, friends. It is. The truth is out there. Go find it and let us know. (laughs) And, seriously, on a very serious note, if you have been probed... Please email me. And I just, I was really pleased with the whole Area 51 raid, even though it wasn't as big as... I was disappointed. Really? There was no ass cheek clapping. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody's clapping alien cheeks in case he was disappointed. I am disappointed. So. I was just really excited about the kid doing the Naruto run oh in the gosh. background of that newscast. That was the best thing I've He's ever seen. He's my hero. Yeah. And I dedicate this episode to him. Oh Wh- my God. Whoever you are. Amazing. This one's for you. <laughs> you have a piece of my heart. But I also think it was cute that they did, like, they made festivals yeah. other places. Very and they cute. didn't cause trouble. They didn't destroy anything. No. Like, they just went and hung out. I love it. It was like... I'm sad I didn't low get to go. Millennial Woodstock. Sort I'm kind of kinda wishing that we had like an alien base in Michigan that we could go. Oh my in. god, I would love that. <laughs> oh no, that just—I feel like that wouldn't end well with all our our Michigan militia that float um, around around here. Fuck the militia. <laughs> what would end up happening is we would get kidnapped by the aliens that lived. <laughs> They've got like little, um, oh God, what do you call those? Like the independent living cottages. Oh yeah. That's where they're living. That would be awesome. Like an alien assisted living. So cute. In the woods. That would be adorable. And I'd be into it. <gasps> Maybe that's what melon heads really are. <gasps> oh God. Bum, bum, bum. If you don't know what a melon head is, Google it. Google <laughs> Michigan melon head. Yes. I actually saw um, someone responded, somebody on Tumblr, um, I posted that episode that we talked, our cryptid episode. Yeah. And someone mentioned that they're, they have the melon head legend in somewhere in Pennsylvania too, oh. where they're from. I was like, really? In basically fun. the same deal. Like kids that were, that had hydrocephalic issues. And you know, some might say, oh, it's just a legend and. Okay, so now that we 
kind of got distracted from our tangent by the library Nazi. (laughs) (laughs) We have a time limit and we just popped in to let us know we had hit our, we had hit our time limit and asked if we needed another little bit. So we just needed long enough to wrap up. So I've been listening to The Shining on Audible. Oh God, yeah. Because I want to see the Doctor Sleep movie that's coming. Mm -hmm. So I figured, okay, reread The Shining Rewatch the movie, then I'll read Doctor Sleep, and then I'll go see the movie. Nice. So it'll be fresh in your mind. This guy, just for an image, mm-hmm. this guy looks like he should be tending bar at the Overlook. Oh my God! Yes, the vest and mm-hmm. every yeah, I get it. I see it. I, I definitely see it. So just so you know, so you have a visual. <laughs> the haunted library man looks like he should be tending bar at the Overlook. <laughs> Oh man, you're welcome. <laughs> so I'm getting nightmares tonight. Tonight, thanks, Casey. You are welcome. I literally just finished rereading it yesterday, so it's like all fresh in my mind. Of course. See, now I'm gonna have to reread because it's been a while. It's been a very long while. I know. I there was a lot of stuff that I was like, oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Like I forgot how raw and racist some of the parts. Oh my god, are. crazy! So I was like, whoa. It's like any Stephen King. Yeah. It's just, He's, that's just how it works. Yeah. You, you know that going into it. But I was like, whoa. Because it was like extra in your face. Oh, yeah. But, it was completely blatant. That whole, that and, um, oh, God, not Castle Rock. Um, no, yeah, Castle Rock mm-hmm. and uh, one more that I. Green Mile was real. That, I can't handle Green Mile. I, I will finish it and just be a mess. Oh, my God. A mess. So yeah, well, so that was our our uh, alien episode. You guys got a little bit of uh, grandchildren of Woolpit there on the end too. And um, now you know how truly <laughs> deep my craziness runs. <laughs> I love it. So, so yeah, thanks for listening. Yes, be sure to subscribe to us. Follow us on Facebook. Send us some emails, Instagram. some messages. Everything. Don't forget, we are doing the giveaway when we hit 666 fans on Facebook. The magic number. The magic (laughs) number of alleged devil worshippers. Supposedly. (laughs) But yeah, so So, we're... Have a great week. Yep. See you guys later. Bye. Bye.